This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Also presents Take Care On Air. Interviews, current affairs and events from across Victoria. Also is your community hub and also is proud to sponsor Joy. Hello and welcome to Take Care On Air. I'm Kath Duncan. And I'm a very tired Crusader Hillis. Yes, he's very midsummer madness out. But nevertheless, we've got him propped up in the chair and today's show is totally going to go off. We're going to be checking in with uh, one of the speakers from last weekend's After Homosexuality Conference, which was marked 40 years since the release of Dennis Altman's book, Homosexuality, uh, Oppression and Liberation. Homosexual Oppression oh. and Liberation. Oh, so it is. Yes. Uh, thank you, you Chris. Like still on the ball, you isn't like he? like to it everything, don't you? Oh, yes, I love it. Right, and we'll also be uh, taking a look at something that I'm a bit keen on. It's called Sex camp and uh, coming up um, in a few months I believe we're going to talk yes, to the organisers. April in Yarra Junction so in a nice leafy space but I imagine it's going to be quite cold so oh. it might not attract that many <laughs> nudists. No or maybe that's the excuse for everyone to kind of couple up or, or you know whatever it is that they get into anyway and uh, we're also going to be talking to the transitory life crew and of course checking in with our regular boy in the bush uh, Damien Stevens, a bit later in the hour. Absolutely and right now on the phone we have Teague Lee from Transitory Life. Hey, Teague. Hi, how are you going? Very well, thanks. Now, just looking at, um, at the, the website, now Transitory Life, it's a, it's a non-profit organisation and you guys set up in 2009 to assist uh, the transgendered community with medical and related costs. Now, why, why did you do, decide to do this in the first place? Teague, what, what happened? Yeah. Well, it came about, Kath, because I was noticing the biggest cause of complaint in the trans community was lack of funding and not being able to transition because it was too expensive. So after hearing about all the many suicides, I decided to create the first organisation in Australia dedicated to financially assisting transgender individuals so that, you know, our aim is to raise $10,000 a year so that we can fund a trans person biannually uh, and thus release... Does that mean every twice a year? Yep, uh, yep. Once, once every two years. Once every two years, okay. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So hopefully by having the funds there that people can access, um, we'll actually be relieving that pressure and trying to reduce the suicide rate. And how are you going on the 10,000 a year target so far? We haven't come close, uh, I'm sorry oh. to say. Um, but, I mean, that's, that's uh, something that we're going to be working on uh, a lot this year. That's my main target this year. Um, we need to form um, a committee uh, and really drive this thing this year. Um, in the past, it's, it's been our main thing has been our fundraiser every year, um, and that's, that's been our target. But this year, it will be to form our committee and actually uh, start uh, you know, asking for assistance and funding and things like that and grants. One thing I noticed that I thought was really interesting in, in your brief there was that you were also prepared to help um, assist individuals who didn't meet the, the sort of the fairly strict criteria set by the medical profession. How have you, how are you working with that? Yeah, one of, the, one of the things that we found really frustrating in the trans community was not getting any assistance unless you met very rigid guidelines. So a lot of people, you know, don't necessarily want to be on hormones 
don't necessarily want um, surgeries of any kind, but they still call themselves, you know, call themselves transgender or, or gender diverse. They fall in that umbrella. Hmm. So, you know, we don't want to um, deny anybody a right if, if they're wanting to to seek um, gender transition of some kind, and they don't have the funds. We we don't want to deny them access. Now, your next event is coming up in April. I think it's April. 13th. April the 13th. It's my birthday. I can't wait. Um, Tell us us about what you've got planned for the night. Uh, It's going to be a dance party at um, Brown Alley, which is corner of Lonsdale and King Streets in the city. It's a great space. Um, There's an outdoor area as well as the main dance floor. And we've got um, we've got a, a stage show, a huge stage show that we put on every year. Um, Filma Box is a fantastic drag queen who will be emceeing the night and doing a performance for us, like last year. Uh, same as Buster, who is a phenomenal drag uh, drag king. Uh, a whole bunch of other um, acts that I'm I'm not willing to disclose at this point. <laughs> Don't want to give it all Did away. You see, that's <laughs> right. Um, and we've got some huge DJs like uh, Cam Shafati, who's actually DJ. In Mardi Gras. Uh, Mardi Gras, he's just DJed at uh, Midsummer Tea Dance. He's a Bears um, favourite in Melbourne. He is fantastically hot uh, and an awesome guy and DJ, so really looking forward to that. Um, also DJ Freya, who's actually coming up at the Greyhound this Friday, so she's great. Um, and we've got uh, a couple of other uh, surprise acts in store as well this year. So. Now, I'm really interested in the fact that, you know, we've got all these, you know, gay, lesbian, queer organisations and they're all sort of meant to be sort of working on the the betterment of the whole GLBTIQ spectrum but it's interesting how like there's almost, well there's certainly nothing happening at the Victorian AIDS Council when it comes to to either trans men or trans women and there's very little that seems to be happening even at places like GLHV or any of those places in terms of really starting to investigate and starting to work out why trans people are being so left behind in both the sexual health arena, but also just in terms of well-being, suicide rates, and 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 health in general. Yeah, there there is a. I mean, and you can even see in their names there is a lack of T and I mm. for intersex people, and you know that, that comes from the old school boards, I think, and it's slowly changing. I mean, there have been. I mean, there's only been two major reports in the past two years: uh, Private Lives and Transnation Report. Um, and that was actually quite a while ago. Transnation. That's correct. that's going right yeah. back to about 2006, 2007, from memory. 2007. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So it is. It is. And what well has been worse. the traction from that report? Because that was a very damning report and an incredibly important report in terms of the evidence that it was bringing bringing to the fore. But what has been the sort of substantive changes? from our queer organisations in terms of starting to do something for trans people? I think more the trans community has found a voice. It's it's put energy behind the trans community themselves, not so much the GLB community. Um, so you know, you've had to do it yourselves. To really. We have. Uh, yeah, you've had Zoe have, Bell um, come correct. up, obviously. Yep, yep. Um, and that and took a lot of work to even get them any funding at all from the government. Correct, and they've just gotten funding, which is great. And they've done a lot of hard work, and they're a great community and an awesome online resource that really needs really needs the backing and the funding. So, um, you know, more more uh, funding and interest 
from the wider community and, you know, um, the broader public in general uh, needs to get involved. And that's what you're saying for Transitory Life, that you're taking donations, yeah? Yes, absolutely. Yes, and uh, you can have a look at the website there, transitorylife.com.au. Yep. And yep. that event coming up uh, in April. In the th- on the 13th of April. Yep. Now, look, yep. the, the other thing, um, does Transitory Life have sort of DGR status, which is deductible gift recipient status, so that people can get any sort of, you know, tax relief on this or... Yeah. or because of because of budgetary constraints, not right now. Yeah. Um, it is something that once we form a committee, it will be something that we'll be able to go forward and, and do. Um, but all of that takes time, all of that takes money, and because we 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 don't have the funds yet, uh, and I don't want to take away funds that are crucial yep. to, raise, to raise more money. Um, we've just kept it on a very skeletal um, system at the moment, mm-hmm. but that is something that we're planning on doing this year. I can so give that, you one um, quick tip: is to go to Pilch, which is a public. <laughs> interest law clearinghouse um, yep. they w- will probably provide you with free legal advice and help in terms of um, taking your and they're extremely interested in TIQ issues as well as just GLB so um, that, they might, that might be a good way but if there's any anyone out there though who has actually got the sort of like legal nous to be able to sort of help an incredibly important organisation like yours to get to this point it would be really good to hear from you. Absolutely, absolutely and, and- and anybody's free uh, at any point to email us at transitorylife at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, the next stuff will be will be out in a venue near you with uh, money tins so that all that loose change rattling around from all that alcohol uh, can go in there and not drag you down. Tops. Exactly. Good for you, Teague. <laughs> That's Teague Lee there from Transitory Life. Again, that website, transitorylife.com.au. It's all obvious, isn't it, really? Coming up in just a moment, I cannot wait, sex can. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. Crusader, it's sex camp time. I know, this must be one of your favourite segments. I know, I'm, so I'm totally looking forward to this. Apparently, um, sex camp is a, uh, is a weekend festival which explores and celebrates the spectrum of sexuality. As they say here, from the sacred to the profane. Sounds like total fun. We're joined by organiser Vanessa Florence. Hi, Vanessa. How are you? Good, thanks. Now, Good. how many sex camps have we had? This is the first one. Yes, yes it's the baby. So we're all fostering and growing the little sex camp baby. And why how did you come up with the idea? Uh, it was about last year and there, were, there was this kind of this fad happening where there was camps, there was yoga camp, there was dance camp happening. <laughs> I thought about how I went to band camp when I was about 16 and, and I thought, well for me, sexuality is like a real passion of mine and I, I thought how about sex camp? Let's explore sexuality rather than playing flutes and clarinets and doing all that stuff. And how so far have you managed to sort of like bring a program together? And mm. how are you sort of even sort of organising how to fund it and things like that? Oh, good question. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, because I've kind of been exploring sexuality myself for the past three years, I, I've kind of been dabbling in all different areas of the sex positive community and so I, I already know quite a lot of people. So I'm using initial connections that I have uh, contacting people through the internet, the beauty of Facebook and, and seeing what other people are doing and just letting them know what sex camp is, getting them involved 
Um, in regards to funding, it's really like pretty much my philosophy is that all the presenters, all the performers, everyone wants to be there. So they're coming from a place of like, what can I offer? What can I bring to sex camp? You know, maybe I want to run a workshop on flirting or I want to run a workshop on, you know, erotic dance or, you know, what what can you offer um, and, and come from that place rather than it having to be this kind of big money-making thing, although obviously people need to kind of feel like they're getting something back as well. It's more about a kind of community focus of people all bringing in the skills that they have. How did you select the site? I sort of had a look at what their philosophy was, so I kind of had to take away all the options of using a Christian youth camp. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> is, it a, is it at a Christian youth camp? No, no, it's not. It's not. I had to I was say, okay. Say, well, you'd you'd right. end up in big camp if it was. Yeah, I think I'd probably be in a little bit of trouble. But um, it it is actually camp, and um, it, it's a guides camp actually. Uh huh. Oh, um, even better. But, but they're cool with it. You know, there's going to be no kids there. It's like they when I first got there, they were like, okay, you know, you can hire out half the site if you like. And I thought, well. And I said to them, it's actually going to be a, a sexuality camp and we're going to be you know, exploring that, that element of life. So possibly we'll keep the kids out and hire out the whole And how did they cope with thing. that idea? Is that cool? Yeah, they were cool. Yeah, they were really cool with it. They were just like, okay, you know, it's, it's a secluded kind of bush setting. It's down, oh, a, nice. down a long road with lots of trees and it's not like we're going to be prancing around naked on the... On the well, it's going know, to be too cold up square. in that area in April. Well, well it's it. But the, we've got indoor spaces. So, Oh, it's nice. So yeah. got indoor spaces. I'm pretty sure there's some heating so we can pump that up and uh, and keep each other warm. Have you got a bit of a program you can talk about already about what's what's going to be on? Programs currently being in the process of being formed. I can say that we're going to have a bunch of different teachers ranging from professional doms to tantric teachers who have been kind of in the field for 10 years. Oh, yum. You're really working, to, aren't uh, you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pumping it. I'm like, right, who have we got? So... So it's from, you know, erotic dance to flirting to what I'm referring to as chakra handcuff. So, um, <laughs> which is quite an interesting one. So there's some really um, unique stuff coming through with the program. I'm looking at getting a um, sexy silent disco in the dark. Nice. Yeah. So um, that's kind of coming through. I'm going to have a lot of films as well, like uh-huh. film screening, some films which haven't even been shown in Australia, which is really great. Um, kind of sex educational, really interesting. Films oh, you'll have to show Sacred Sex. Have you heard of that one? Sacred is it's that? It's one of the few documentaries, Australian documentaries, that's ever turned a profit. It's yes. it's about sexuality and it's got um, Annie Sprinkler, you know, some awesome yeah, stars. Yes. You've really got to get hold of that. Is that an Australian? Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah I know yeah, the woman yeah. who, who yeah. created that. Tops. Yeah, so, mm. so possibly have that no, I'm interested in the fact that you're sort of, um, when you're sort of talking about this on your website and stuff, mm. you sort of say you don't really make any distinctions between the sex and sexuality of different people. So yes. you, you specifically say it. For you know, gay, lesbian, straight, yeah. um, polyamorous, trans, yeah. everybody, right down to the mainstream. Right down to the mainstream. Yeah. What have you been finding in in the in as you uh. call it the sex positive community about the sort of like mm. the, the more recent sort of interactions between all these different groups? 
Well, this is kind of, for me, a reason why I'm putting it on is because I'm seeing that there's a, there's often a real segregation and, and ultimately we are all sex positive. We're all saying that, yes, sex is good, sex is natural, we enjoy sex, there's nothing wrong with sex. Yet kind of the tantric community, the BDSM community, the gay and lesbian community, the straight community, we're kind of all just being in our little pockets and talking to each other. Yet I think we've all really got skills and, and, and ways of being and philosophy philosophies that it's really interesting to be sharing and having that conversation yeah. I don't see it happening much and yep. I, the conversations alone I'm going to be really interested in like just hanging out with a friend the other night who's kind of really in the kind of swinger world and then thinking about her belief system compared to a man I know who's really kind of tantric philosophy and it's like wow all right this is going to be really interesting just having these people all talking and going right well your way is completely different to my way but is there an overlap or is it just okay to be completely different in our in our eroticism would it surprise you to know that in the in the what I would call the gay and lesbian community rather than the queer community, yes. which which are actually quite distinct things in some ways, mm. uh, that there's actually a lot of enforced segregation around mm. things on sex and sexuality. For instance, Mardi Gras most recently, just in the last uh, week or so, has been sort of um, having arguments with the Sydney Polyamory group about whether or not they could even have signs um, suggesting that. that polyamory was an okay thing. Are you kidding? Uh, yes. And it was only when the polyamory group said, but we're largely GLBTIQ, that they started just to have a conversation saying it was okay. Do you find it surprising that this group that were, who were criminalised mm. for so long, whose sexuality has been sort of like made to feel like it's, you know, left of centre and hardly acceptable, are now becoming some of the biggest polices of mm. other people's sexuality and sexual activity? Mm. I think there's kind of an irony there, but I also understand it. And, and I guess this is also why I'm doing sex camp is because sex is loaded, like sex is has a charge and it often has these behaviors which come out which we don't really see you know in in a kind of everyday oh I'm going to to work and you know typing numbers into the computer it's like when sex comes up behaviors come up which might not be there i.e you know discrimination or, or like oh I'm an open person but that's okay but not that you know and so that's why I, I find sex so interesting and why I'm, I'm wanting to put sex camp on because it's like okay like what's coming up here and um and yeah it does with sex can I can I be um can I ask you a personal question yes. which is can you sort of perhaps talk about your own sort of sexual preferences or your own interests and you yeah. know how that how that sort of plays out yeah it's interesting because I kind of haven't put a label on myself on what I, what I am and I've been in you know one of the relationships I was in recently was a, an open relationship with a man and a woman so we were all relating together and at the moment I'm seeing one man and he was relating with another woman and so I'm kind of and then we all started relating together and <laughs> <laughs> so for me I don't put anything on it I don't put on that I am a straight person or a gay person or a bisexual person it's just like I am a person person I'm a sexual being and you know what's happening right now and I kind of I enjoy that and therefore I'm open to who this person is in front of me rather than a label of 
of what they are. That now, sounds like fun. This program <laughs> is funded by the Department of Health around sexual health. Uh, and one of the things that mm. Take Care Out There has discovered when we did a lot of uh, exploration, in particularly in the fetish community, that there was an incredible amount of same-sex activity and a very low um, understanding of a lot of sexual health mm. issues, including we did surveys and less than 50% even knew what PEP was, which is sort of like the more or less the after pill for HIV in, in the first 72 hours. Um, there was very few people that sort of felt comfortable about talking to their doctors about their mm. entire sexual oh, lives. Totally. Mm. That doesn't surprise me. Mm. Um, and mm. there was also a really low condom usage mm. in, around... Um, same-sex activity. I mean, what can we do uh, to sort of like start breaking down some of those barriers? I think talking about it. I mean, just talking about it and making it something which isn't isn't kind of this area of life where we sort of just keep it behind closed doors and, you know, we, we have a sexual experience and then it's like, oh, that was great, honey, give a kiss and, and, um, and off you go to work. It's like, let's talk about it with our partners, let's talk about it with our friends, let's talk about it with our children. Let's talk about it. And I'm, I am actually really passionate in having some stuff happening in sex camp around sex education and on that note I am also still looking for people if if anyone out there who's listening feels like they have something to offer sex camp if they they are a sexual educator of some sort um, still really taking on submissions for for and applications for workshops and presenters so um, I'm really passionate about having some of this covered too and I think there is a woman who has applied to be doing some stuff around sexual education and sexually transmitted diseases. Now look one final thing from me, mm. uh, do you know about Pleasure Salon Melbourne? Yes I know Pleasure Salon and Cindy very well and oh, good. She's, she's on board. Yeah well, that's what Excellent. I was just going to suggest, yeah. they're also one of the uh, groups that Take Care Out There supports. So. Yes Okay, yeah. further info, what do people do? Okay, so go to www.sexcamp.com.au. That'll have everything on it. You can get to the Facebook event through that. You can buy tickets now. We've got like super early bird price happening uh, until February 14th, and then the price is going to slowly kind of increase up until April. So Sex Camp is on the 27th, 28th, 29th of April, so Friday to Sunday. Fantastic. Vanessa Thank Florence, you. organiser of Sex Camp. Who can resist? I think we're all <laughs> going to be there. Coming up, we're going to be talking about last weekend's conference, which was After, after Homosexuality. The Legacies oh. of Gay Liberation. Ah, still getting it right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Take care out there. Take care out there. Individual health and wellbeing through stronger community endeavours. And on the phone at the moment, we have Morgan Carpenter. Morgan. Everybody, Hello. Hello, Morgan. Everybody probably knows that in the last last week or so we've had Pride March we've had masses of midsummer activities over the last three weeks but Melbourne also hosted the After Homosexual the Legacies of Gay Liberation Conference which I think was at Victoria University. One of the speakers there was Morgan Carpenter who's a board member of the organisation Intersex International as well as a co-editor of the Dirty Queer magazine which with a new copy a new version coming out oh, yum, yum. next week. Now Morgan spoke on the Intersex Intersectional <laughs> Intersection. I can't say it either. Can you say it? There, he's there got it. Go. He had to say it. Within the queer movement in general, and Morgan joins us now. How are you, Morgan? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Morgan, now you were part of a panel. How was your paper received? You know, it, it's kind of hard to tell, isn't it? It's mm. a very academic conference, and... and um, 
we were, well, myself, Santo and Raj from Amnesty, um, Sally Goldner from uh, Trans Victoria Group, and, and uh, Roz from the Safe to Schools Project. We were, we were kind of there as, as uh, activists, so we had kind of, kind of quite a different language and mm. way of looking at things, really. Yeah. Um, but, the, but the feedback was pretty good. I, you know, people came up to me afterwards and they were, were asking questions and uh, seemed to enjoy it or, or get something out of it. I mean, it, to be honest, some of what I was saying was not very enjoyable. Really. Indeed. But, uh, yeah, I think it went pretty well. Do you think we have um, got to after homosexual or do you think it pretty much is still pretty much a gay and lesbian sort of world out there that seems to be mostly sort of represented? Yeah, um, the, the name of the event w- w- was quite fascinating, I thought. I mean, after homosexual sounds like, you know, uh, does it mean all the, all the gays and lesbians are going to go away and disappear and become normal <laughs> in an era of, of, of gay marriage? Well, like, a lot of them uh, have, I think. <laughs> or, or or does it mean that, that, that um, you know, the movement is changing and becoming a bit more inclusive of, of every other kind of person that suffers like homophobia as well? It's, it's kind of quite fascinating. Can we talk about the your um, your paper talking about uh, intersex in particular? Now, the OII, the international intersex uh, movement, appears to have come out of a, a growing anger about how intersex, intersex people and particularly intersex uh, children were handled by the medical profession. Have we seen any gains in this area? Have the organisation been um, successful in, in persuading, you know, governments or, you know, medical... Um, you know, professionals to, to change practices. Are we seeing any any sort of success there? Uh, well, in a word, um, no. The, the intersex movement was uh, established um, quite explicitly to, to uh, focus on on these kinds of medical issues. And as people that don't know who are listening, you know, intersex people can be found to be intersex at birth, at adolescence. Uh, when trying to conceive a child or, you know, randomly. And for, for people where it's discovered at, at birth or at adolescence, then for the last 50, 60 years, um, surgery has been the, the normal consequence. And, and um, the surgery was often based on a ruler, wasn't it? Like if, a, if, a, if something was long enough, it was a penis. If it was too long to be a clitoris, they'd sort of chop it off a bit and things like that. And for a long time, in fact, they were using surgery that seemed to take away all the sensitivity and therefore potential sexual satisfaction for a lot of, the, a lot of intersex children. Yeah, I mean, one, one of the issues, you know, in, in, in more recent times is that surgeons say, we've moved on so far. Far from back then when surgeries were so bad. Because um, they're protecting the nerves. Well, well, they say they are, yeah. but, you know, is there any actual evidence of this? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's actually impossible to see that. And, and surgery surgery cuts nerves. And so it's, do, you th- do you see it as being a fear of difference? Oh, completely. I mean, uh, we haven't really answered the question yet about, you know... Um, has the intersex movement actually yep, dealt with this? And, and I think that you, what you're saying there actually is it's the same question in a different way. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, move, the movement was founded to try and engage with the medical profession. But what it led to in 2006 uh, in North America was the, was the use of a new term, changing the language, really, to try and uh, uh, ensure that in medical professionals' minds and also in, in the minds of parents and families of, of uh, children with different um, intersex variations, to, just, to try and prevent them from seeing it as uh, a queer child. Um, huh. 
So the language was changed from hermaphrodite or intersex to a disorder of sex development. Yeah, disorder is a bad word. Disorder is a very bad word. And what it means is, um, well, I mean, looking back with, with a bit of a degree of hindsight, what it means is that, that, you know, for people that are born this way, if you have a disorder uh, and people can see uh, a treatment that they can provide, then they will use it. Yep. Yes, indeed. In, in 1997, I did a, uh, an interview with Cheryl Chase, who was one of the um, like really big sort of people in the intersex movement in the United States. And um, But what happened was within a few years, the organisation that she set up seemed to sort of really sort of like almost disappear. It felt like that a lot of the um, activism around uh, intersex in, in the United States, did they become disheartened? Do you, do you have any idea about the history of that? Yeah, well, um, this, is, yeah, this is what happened because of DSD, uh, mm. really. You know, DSD was an attempt to deal with, very literally, you, you could call it homophobia. It's, it's a fear of homosexuality, a fear of difference, a fear of queerness. An attempt to deal with that by changing the language. But, it, but what it didn't do was change people's feeling. You know, it, it didn't change anything because all it did was change the name. It pretty much destroyed the, the intersex movement. And, and, and there are now uh, a host of, well, there's, there's a few new organisations that have, that have developed very much since then, largely in opposition to the use of pathologising language. Indeed, and it's a total bummer and a stigma to be born with a disorder. <laughs> I mean, I, I was born different myself, and I guess, I guess I wanted to ask you a bit about that because, you know, the, I, I think it's one of those things that's a bit hard to convey to people who don't come from that sort of background, the, the thing about being born different is it's kind of um, it's it's a very interesting journey. It can be harder to fit in. It can be harder to find belonging places. And I guess I wanted to ask you, Morgan, you, have you found belonging places? And and what does that feel like? What sort of places do you feel comfortable in these days? <laughs> Uh, well, we met, didn't we, uh, at the weekend uh-huh. at, at the Dude magazine launch, yes. uh, which was uh, just a, a lovely, gorgeous event on a, on a hot summer's day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those kind of magical moments that I think um, you know we can look back on. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, um, actually, there's this other point. I mean, okay, so I have, uh, um, you know, I'm involved in OII for quite clear reasons uh, <laughs> and experience. Um, but I've also been involved in, 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 in the queer movement for, for, for most of my adult life because, you know, we're here anyway. Uh, even if you don't think that you, you, even if you don't know why we're here or, or our full stories, we're, we're involved in the movement. I don't know. I mean, where I find myself at home is really in the queer parts of the community. Yeah, I can relate to that. And how, what do you think the scorecard is for, because, like, you know, they, they, we've started to adopt the GLBTI, the GLBTIQ, whatever you want to call it. What do you think yeah. the scorecard is in terms of actually involving uh, intersex people? And the, the other thing is uh, there is very much a difference between the identity of, of intersex and, and somebody having an intersex condition or whatever the word might be. Isn't there? Yeah, I mean, just to, to take that last point first. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, Cass, maybe you can um, get your head around this as well. I mean, if somebody has a disability, then you might have an identity around that, but it's it's incidental to the experience you have in your body. Yeah, or maybe, maybe they sort of inter- interact a bit. I'm not so sure. I think everyone maybe uh, relates to that a bit differently. Um, well, we, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you know, uh, uh, an identity as intersex is something that I'm, I'm a bit skeptical 
feel about that. There's an organization, huh. OII is as well. Huh. I mean, people might adopt an identity that is not binary, but that's about gender. It's not about sex. Yeah. And, and that can be a bit difficult for people to get their heads around too. And the scorecard in terms of how, how, how are we going in terms of, of actually engaging with intersex people in the queer community? Uh, things are getting better. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that, that still have no idea what intersex is. And it seems like a lot of them are waiting for people to tell them uh, why we're in there um, <laughs> rather than you know asking the question and, and then trying to look for the answer themselves um, I, I guess that's to some extent it's fair I mean personally I, I, t- I tend to use the word queer rather than LGBTI um, yeah, yeah, well, so do I, but it's sort of like I've had jobs where I haven't been able to, so it's sort of an interesting thing. It's just so much more, it's much easier to say. It's more fluid as well. Yeah. yeah. Now, Morgan, you know, one of the things you can't help but notice is that intersex people don't get to talk at general, you know, big queer um, conferences as, as a general rule, and I guess I'd like to see a lot more of it and to kind of foster that, that sort of dialogue. And um, I guess I just, you know, wish that you, you know, go on keeping on being public and and getting out there because I think it's really necessary. I understand at the conference there were two other people talking about intersex who weren't intersex. Um, yeah, they had a what's the what's the phrase? They had a red hot go at it, but <laughs> there, there, there is a, a difference in, in understanding that I think comes from a lack of personal experience. Oh, yeah. totally. I can't stand when I go to conferences. People talk about disability and they're not disabled. I feel like saying, "Go off, find another job." Anyway, <laughs> on that note, thanks yeah. for talking to us, Morgan, and good luck with the next edition of Dirty Queer. Which Can't wait. will be out this weekend, won't it? When's the launch? It'll be available on Friday at Hairs and Hyenas and also at our launch party in Sydney. Ah, Fantastic. And do come back down to Melbourne again, Morgan. You know I want to see you. Okay. I'll see you too. <laughs> Coming up in just a moment, we're going to check out what's happening in the bush with our buddy Damien Stevens. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. You're with Take Care on Air, minutes to go. And we have on the line Damien Stevens. Hi, G'day, Damien. Folks. Hello, Hi, what's happening? What's happening? So much happening. Two weeks' worth of stuff over here in Shepparton in the coming weeks um, before we jump on our bus to go to Mardi Gras. Woohoo! Woohoo! Can't wait for that. Uh, we've got over 30 people on that bus now. So oh, well done. Going. That's great news. Um, Sunday, the 12th of Feb, we've got 10 pin bowling. That's this Sunday up here in Shepparton for everyone. Um, and then the following week, a um, village movie night and uh, steak night before the end of the month as well, which is great. We were down at um, Pride March on the weekend, all of our groups and had a great time, um, as was Bendigo Queer Film Festival I saw there. They're getting ready to rock Bendigo in um, April. It's a fair bit away, but I'm letting you know now because the best of the MQFF films, they throw a big party in Bendigo and show them all. It's really great. Um, I reckon if you get in really quick, uh, CAN over there, Country Awareness Network, is still putting together their CAN Find Guide, um, a directory for people living or travelling in rural and regional Victoria who are GLB. TIQ, a great directory there for um, services for us. Uh, more info at can.org.au. Uh, their social group, Fabs TV, also holds drink nights on the last night of each month um, at the Icon Bar upstairs. More info, fabcv.org.au. Um, over in Ballarat, they've got a Valentine's event coming up um, at the Haida Bar. Um, Dorothy Who is their um, Facebook um, alter ego. You can find all the info on Facebook. Uh, $10 entry, Crystal Decanter and other fabulous people um, at that Valentine's gig on Friday the 17th of Feb. 
uh, beyond Geelong Way. Gasp is their uh, young person's group. They were marching at Pride March on the weekend too. Great to see so many groups. I feel so proud seeing those police march. It was so awesome. Um, glg.org.au is Geelong's website. Um, check them out. Lots going on down there. Geelong Lesbian Group too. Their website's still under construction, but I hope they are having fun and you can join as members there to support them in the meantime. Um, Mildura is still working away up there. They have regular drinks and stuff, hanging out and chillaxing time. Uh, they're on Facebook, find them too. And plenty's going on over in Albury, Wodonga as well. In phoenix.com.au is the Albury crew. Um, they've got a general meeting tonight. Um, and between now and the end of the month, they've got um, coffee, drinks, dance nights, all sorts of things. Country Victoria is rocking. Thanks, Damien. We'll leave it there. Thanks for being with us. And we'll see you in another two weeks. Two weeks' time. Cheerio. Well, that brings to an end another Take Care on Air. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> Always likes to leave a trace. And uh, we'll see you again another week, won't we, Crusader? We will indeed. Yes, we'll be a bit more alert. Until there, take care. Indeed. Not on air, but everywhere. Out there. Yes. Oh, how gorgeous. See you then. Also presents Take Care on Air. Interviews, current affairs and events from across Victoria. Also is your community hub and also is proud to sponsor Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.